lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and I know we are a little late this week. I, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's worth the wait, um, because our guest today uh, is uh, someone who is just, I don't even... The intro doesn't even do her justice. We have we have on the show today after the Afro Punk Trisha Dora. All right, we have the Pan African World Wrestling World Diaspora Wrestling Champion uh, Trisha Dora on the show today. Um, just ahead of her match with Big Swole at this weekend's or this Sunday rather this Sunday's uh, Fight Club Pro Wrestling and Grapple We Trust show. Their first show at DC Brow, their first show back in front of crowds since Trisha Dora was crowned champion just a little over two years ago. Um, the table is set for an outstanding show all around. Um, so many outstanding matches and, and talents on that show. Um, headlined by Swole and Trisha Dora, as well as the last person standing match um, against between Billy Dixon and O'Shea Edwards for the Chocolate City Championship. Um, and I'm just super happy that we had the chance to sit down and chat with Trish ahead of that show about like the significance of being in the ring with Big Swole for this show, being in front of crowds, seeing Fight Club rise to kind of be the cream of the crop in the DMV in, in the DC area for independent pro wrestling, um, and what that means, as well as the fact that she's heading back out to Hood Slam. She's coming over to uh, my neck of the woods. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm, I know I'm a little bit further north than the Bay, but still coming out to, to Hood Slam again to defend uh, her championship against Hip Hop Harry. So we get into all of that fun stuff as well as some some other uh, discussions. Um, and I don't know. I really enjoy the conversation. I hope you will, too. Um, and like I said, it's worth it's worth the delay. It's definitely worth the, the delay. Um that being said, though, before we get to that interview, I do want to highlight a couple of things. Obviously, you know, we talk about Fight Club show this weekend. This entire weekend really um, is kind of full of representation um, and celebration of, you know, black pro wrestling and, and, and wrestlers of color, you know, from Fight Clubs and Grapple We Trust to OWA running uh, their latest Good Trouble show, Black Wrestlers Matter running out in St. Louis um, with a stacked card. We're seeing it all over the place. This weekend is chock full of it, um, and it's amazing to see. This is the kind of cultural movements that we want to continue to push for in the world of pro wrestling. Um, and, you know, it also speaks to the strides that have been made culturally that, you know, me and Trish and I get into a little bit in our discussion, but it's just really awesome to see. And I love that there are enough shows where you have to pick which ones you, you, you watch live or that you go to, but then you also have so much on VOD to go back and watch as well. Like, it's just, it's amazing to see. We saw it happen with, with Juneteenth weekend last year. We're going to see it happen, um, more in, in the years to come for sure. Uh, and it's just, it's exciting to see as someone who, you know, continues to, to cover an underrepresented community in the world of pro wrestling and to see the strides that, that they have made. Um, it's amazing to see 
all of the communities that have been underrepresented or misrepresented in the world of pro wrestling continue to make these these sort of strides and to carve out their own places and to really build foundations for a, a very, very, very bright future in the world of pro wrestling for themselves and for all the people that are watching in the crowd that want to step in the ring at some point in their own lives and, and continue this tradition and this legacy. It's really, really awesome. Um, I also want to highlight uh, some Homer stuff here because Portland has been uh, bumping a little bit <laughs> in terms of pro wrestling. Uh, obviously, you know, last week the DOA ran their latest show and I tweeted about this, but um, whenever that show hits IWTV, if you aren't watching Jaden versus Kid Bandit, I don't know what pro wrestling you are watching. Um, that match was outstanding. I know there have been some clips that have come out here and there online, but that's one to go out of your way to see for sure. That gets the like my the my stamp of approval, I guess. I don't know if I want a stamp to put on things, but that that match was just killer. Um, that whole show was really good. Ethan HD and Kita was awesome. Sonico and Mr. Pentago was great. Abigail Warren and Rebel Kell was a whole lot of fun as well. So, but that show should be coming to IWTV later on. That was that was dope to see. But this weekend coming up, Saturday, Pal Pro Wrestling in Eugene. Sunday, um, Prestige Wrestling make, comes back for the first time since the pandemic with a show that is just chock full of amazing local talents, amazing talents from around the, the country, um, as well as I love the fact that there's a tag team match that features like four of the top six names on my QWI 200 list, all in the same match, all uh, uh, just battling one another. Bussy versus Pax Americana, MV Young and Dark Sheik against Effie and Alley Catch. Um, that match is is going to just it's gonna go, and I am very excited that I'm gonna be in the building to see that one. Um, yeah, Prestige, you know. I haven't had the chance to go to a prestige show yet. And that's a company that has definitely been one that I've wanted to check out live for a while. So I am very happy that so much about uh, the Portland wrestling scene and the Pacific Northwest really as a whole is finally coming back and doing what it needs to do to put itself on a map. It just, it feels like it's, um, it feels like it's back on track now which is great to see uh, i i I'm, I'm here for it all day all night um maybe literally all night if i'm driving back from eugene i don't know either way <laughs> but um that's not, neither here nor there that's gonna be a great weekend but we're gonna kick off that weekend here friday it's so weird to say friday without having a thursday show friday on lgbt in the ring uh with the Afropunk, the Pan-African World Diaspora Wrestling Champion, the World Champion, Trisha Dora. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. I am very, very excited to have as my guest this week someone who has been tearing it up across the independent pro wrestling world for the past two years as they travel and defend their pan-african world diaspora wrestling championship recognized as a world champion um and someone who's going to be defending that title 
this weekend, February 20th, at Fight Club Pro Wrestling's in Gravital. We trust the return to crowds in D.C. Please welcome the Afropunk, Trisha Dora, to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Feeling no, good. I am excited to have you on because, like, you... I, I don't know if there are many people other like that that have seen their their like profile rise in the same way that that you have over the past couple of years in the independent wrestling world and honestly in other worlds is other aspects of that as well because I didn't even mention the intro you were regularly featured on Ring of Honor for the majority of the past for the past year wherever they came back. They started running those empty arena shows and up until the, what happened there with Ring of Honor. Like, you have been on AEW Dark. Like you, you've been popping up on, on television screens as well. So it's not just, like, the people that are going to see live. It's, it's, it's a broadening scope of, of the awareness of Trisha Dora. And it's been really awesome to see that happen for you. I'm so happy about that. I, um... I, I'm happy about the upward trajectory and how everything has been going. I'm very, very introspective. And I think about that often. I'm very, very grateful for all of this, you know, um, all these things are just, we're just a couple of smart decisions away, a couple of smart investments away. And now, you know, I'm happy to just see the fruits of my labor. So I'm very happy to be able to share those gifts with everybody and, you know, yeah. just change wrestling in a good way i'm hoping you know i mean that's that's always the mission right it's always yeah. the mission to try and, <laughs> and change it for for the better and, and leave it better than it was when you when you entered it so and and honestly a lot of what you've been doing really does speak to that as well like not just through like your your reign with the the pan-african world diaspora wrestling championship obviously that is a huge deal and 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 in the places that you have popped up with that title and the messages you've been able to like really deliver through through that title as well it's been amazing to watch you know everything from like the various images of um you know like little black girls that are like seeing you and and wanting to aspire to be you up till like even going back to like two years ago now where you won the title and to see the reaction in that building um after you whenever you won it beating darius like it's just I don't know, like, take me back to that day. Let's start there. Take me back to that day back in D.C. two years ago whenever you were in that match with, with Grimm and, and Darius Lockhart. And you're, you're going to walk out with this belt. Like, what was that moment like for you whenever, whenever that three count landed and it actually was real? I freaked out, like, just in my <laughs> head. It's like, it felt like, it felt like my ears were muffled. It's like I saw everybody's mouth open and everything, but I just I couldn't hear anything. I think my throat was like starting to like close up a little bit. I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I was very, it was a very like, what? <laughs> I was freaking out. Everybody was like super excited about it, you know. Um, it was awesome that, you know, my mom got to see me, you know, wrestle that night as well. So mm. just really, really cool. So I I got to shake Darius's hand, you know, and that was just really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. No, I mean, it definitely, it definitely seemed that way. Like 
there's obviously a lot of emotion in, in that building, a, a lot of um, excitement, and it's carried through, honestly, in, in a lot of, like, all the different places that you've gone with that, you know, from OWA to, um, to all the names, like, running out of my brain right now, beyond, like, so many different independents that you have, that you have gone with, the, with that belt, Butch versus Gore, Pro Wrestling Vibe, like, all these different places, it's just been amazing to see, you know, through the course of the pandemic, you know, Fight Club, they've been running shows, like, they've been doing the Mochella series there, but it's been awesome to see that, like, the that title has, it's still very linked with Fight Club, but it has almost transcended Fight Club in a way through the way that, that you've been able to take it to multiple places and the, the prestige that's been put on it from the matches that you've had and um, and the attitudes that we've seen towards it to the point that PWI, you know, recognizes it as a world championship. So you are a world champion now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what was the thought process after whatever, like, what was the thought process whenever you realized that, that, you, that this belt could be so much more than just a belt for you? When did that kick in for you? You know, it, kicked in maybe about like 10 years ago mm. uh me and uh johnny cross he's the founder of fight club uh we deployed together to afghanistan oh and um it was then that i was saying like hey i think i'm gonna try to do something else i'm gonna start wrestling and he had an idea of like okay well i'll make a place for you to wrestle you know, and we'll have like this belt and you won't have to worry about like if other people aren't like, you know, agreeing with some of the things because some of our thought processes were pretty radical. You know, some of his were pretty radical, you know, so we just wanted to make sure we had a place for us no matter what. So that was kind of the idea 10 years ago. And funny enough, this is like maybe like two and a half years ago, just about two years ago. I, I'm just seeing this this belt for the first time and these sketches of, of what it could look like. And then like, I'm like, all right, cool. And then one day I see the belt and I'm just like, oh, wow. Now that's that's real. That's, that's something for us, you know what I mean? And yeah. just having having that night in DC, you know, with my peers, you know, with everybody that cares about the scene. This was so grassroots, <laughs> just so incredibly, and it still is, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's really cool to, to see like that kind of a footprint that it can make, you know, like when you put your heads together with something cool in mind, you can really, things can really take off. Like, I kind of can't even believe this, you know? Um, yeah. I'm looking to, you know, return to Japan, you know, finally debut in Canada, return to the UK, you know, debut in Mexico. So it's like, I have so many plans and I'm just hoping I can defend that belt with honor all over the world. You know what I mean? Even having Ring of Honor, like mentioned that on commentary, mm. you know, when I was, 
you know, performing for them, it was just so huge that it had been making waves, you know, and everywhere I go, you know, and I see people in passing that are on TV, they say, hey, you know, good work, keep it up, keep up what you're doing and talking about you around here, that belt's so cool, y'all keep it up, you know, this is so cool, just hearing that, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's spot on, honestly, I think that belt, just the look of the belt alone generates a lot of conversation, because like, it is, it is very much like for for the community that it represents and, and it's oh we're gonna okay people listening <laughs> i i i love i love <laughs> i love seeing it I, <laughs> so oh god it's let's so see. pretty let's get a whole thing yes my god that belt is just it's just beautiful I love it so much. Yeah, it's so special. Mm. Very, very lovely design. Lots of lots of intricate details. Mm -hmm. And even in like the colorways and some of the patterns here. Mm -hmm. Such a beautiful. It really is. Like I I, I see so (laughs) (laughs) I see so many people like whenever the, the, the conversation of like the best like looking belts come up and like I love anytime that, that anybody just throws that belt into the conversation because it belongs in that conversation. Honestly, I think both of the Fight Club titles like like belong in I that conversation. They're so pretty. Yes, my God. I, I love the attention to detail that, that you speak of in the, in the design of these belts too. And I didn't realize that you and Johnny went so far back, honestly. So that's really yeah. interesting to hear as well. Because like obviously like, you know, we saw in the Washington Post piece that came out this week, you know, it, they described Fight Club as like very black and very DC. And that is very, very evident. They are not just in terms of the, the presentation and who they have on the shows, but the spirit and the people behind the show as well. Because like you are local to the DMV, um, as well as the, the people that, that have that founded the company and run it. So, but I just never have made that connection that like you and and Johnny were there like a decade ago, like talking about this without really knowing like the, what the full idea would be. Yeah, it was really hard to kind of, I mean, the scene was so different then. I mean, yeah. I mean, and even five years ago, it was so different than when I had even like began training and entering the Indies in Florida. Everything just kind of is on this very quick change cycle. So we really just, didn't have any idea of what it could be, but I myself am extremely lofty. I have the most lofty plans <laughs> and they're, they're getting, they're getting actualized, you know, funny enough. I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm trying my best to just keep my mind right. You know, just stay as chilled as possible and not let too many things shake me around because I'm, entering this phase of things where that is happening and it's just like huh that's interesting you know you start to realize that you're on new planes when certain things start happening so yeah um, just trying to keep my mind right and make sure um just always knowing why I'm doing this yeah you know I think always keeping the why at the forefront is really helping me on days where I'm just like (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I want (laughs) to do any of this anymore that you get tired you know it happens to everybody so just always keeping the why at the forefront so 
no it's it's very very important and like to to that same point like you speak about five years ago how different the scene was like it's it's things have progressed in such a way within especially the independent pro wrestling world to where like you have so many different communities getting proper representation in more places you know obviously like a lot of what we cover on this show is focused on the lgbtq community and and that has been a humongous growth there that we've seen in the past few years but the same can be said for for you know black pro wrestling as well you know like mm-hmm. like Very it's true. been yeah like obviously like with companies like like fight club and you know some of the stuff that that owa does through their good trouble shows and you know yes. multiple other black wrestlers matter like we've seen a bunch of like specifically focused promotions and shows in the same way that other communities have seen and also it can't not mention uh aj grace for the culture as well as, as a show that that yeah. does that too so like what has it been like for you to kind of see this this renewed this new focus on the on like underrepresented communities in pro wrestling like personally for you because like you said like it, whenever you were going in to training in florida like it was a completely different landscape and i'm sure that there was a different that that definitely impacted uh you in some way in terms of like well where where can i go like what can i how far can can this be taken or maybe i'm presuming i don't know <laughs> no no um i think I don't know. I think that life might have imitated art a little bit Mm. or, you know, in a sense. So as these issues get highlighted in the media for better or for worse, you know, I think a lot of industries are rethinking how they move and rethinking their values and what's important to them based on what's happening in the real world. That's that's just my opinion, you know. Um, so as the Black Lives Matter movement kicks off, um, a lot of industries are, you know, beginning to understand the importance of that audience. So I think that that's really starting to, to shape how Black wrestlers are viewed, wrestlers of color, LGBT wrestlers. So I think that has a lot to do with it for better or for worse. You know, um, I'm not, I I don't think that that's a bad thing. Uh, I think that, and the speaking out movement. That's the one. Oh, can't forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely have the independent, well, the wrestling scene as a whole is just under a big micro um, microscope, you know, and it's important that we start to build things on the things that matter and inclusion matters. And when you build something on that for the right reasons, you will see the fruits of your labor and you'll be able to share those fruits with everybody. And now the whole village can eat, you know, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that. It's been interesting to see that microscope continue to be focused on on things as well. Like it's, Let's put it this way, like, if you talked to me five years ago, I never would have thought that you would have, like, the the communities that we see on social media that are very, very apt to speak up about things that, that are detrimental to, to communities and to, and to specific people on when it comes to the 
pro wrestling scene. You know, we wouldn't have, um, I mean, let, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't want to necessarily speak in absolutes, but like, it feels like without some of the, what we've seen in the past couple of years, like you don't have places like Tiger Driver. You don't have places like Transgraps that are, that are out there doing what they're doing for, for communities that, that need that sort of, that need, that, that need to have a voice in this conversation as well. Um, and now they're both thriving. For the, I mean, Tiger Driver is, <laughs> Tiger Driver is has people wearing their stuff on like, on TV now, you know, like, and we're seeing more and more companies pop up that are wanting to engage with with these populations and wanting to continue to have these conversations and, you know, whether it's because they know that people are watching or because it's like a, a genuine thing, like at least it's like pushing things in the right direction, um, and and hopefully going to continue to get better there as well. So mm -hmm. I do want to talk to you a little bit about the Fight Club show coming up this weekend specifically, though, mm -hmm. um, because you have a big match against a <laughs> against an awesome <laughs> opponent uh, in Big yeah. Swole, um, which yeah. I can only imagine like that has some, some personal significance for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know what? I really admire Big Swole. Uh, you know, there is, so when I was younger, I had Jacqueline and Jazz, you know, and that, that was before I had understood wrestling fully as a concept. Anyway, I just knew that they looked like me. They were pretty, they were tough. You know, sometimes they wrestled with men and that was so cool to me as a kid, you know? So I was like, cool, that's great. And now I'm a wrestler and to see that I have, you know, peers that are, that are on TV, you know? So like Swole and, and Tasha Steele and um, Kiera Hogan, you know, just like there's a, there's a layer of us that are on TV now prominently the same way as when I was younger and I saw Jacqueline and Jazz. So they're being broadcast on a national scale. And that's so important. And I always thought that was so cool. And I really respected them for being like, you know, trailblazers in that right. You know, just being the front facing, you know, women of color nowadays. I think that's so dope. And that was, you know, a couple of years ago when I had started wrestling. So at least yeah. out on your independence. So to, you know, just be across from her a second time you know, uh, the first time was in Florida and there was a lot left on the table because I was kind of going through a lot. And it was interesting because at that time I was getting a lot of really cool opportunities, but not to say that I wasted them. I would say that there was just a lot of money still left on the table, you know, just because I was just in my own head about everything and just unsure of what I was doing as a performer. I was unsure of a lot of things. I was just not really accepting of the gift that was to be able to wrestle somebody like Swole, you know? And I am absolutely ready now. Yeah. I'm absolutely ready now. Um, I know why I'm doing it. And I think about why I'm doing it every day. There's not a lot of time that goes past without me thinking about, you know, why I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, I want to be a part of that generation. 
you know, those front facing, you know, prominent women of color that are being featured on television, that are being featured on the independents, you know, um, it's going to be really cool to get to shake her hand again, you know, in my city under, under my terms, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful, especially for, for the <laughs> Man, for the Pan Am title too. That's so cool. That that sweetens the deal. It makes it that much sweeter. <laughs> and um, I see the gift that it is now, and I'm not going to waste that. Mm. What about that first matchup that you speak of with Swole? Like, what about that? Um, do you, makes you like left you feeling like there was something left on the table there that you didn't necessarily get to recognize or appreciate that that moment for yourself? Yeah, so um, I was just going through a lot of like mental health uh, problems and I was mm. just having some trouble adjusting to a few lifestyle changes, you know, and just uh, a lot of personal decisions and a lot of, I was trying to figure out whether or not I was gonna move or not. And, and it, there was just a lot, I just, Ever so often there's this like period of time where I'm just, there's a dark cloud kind of over me. And unfortunately that was one of those times. And at that time I was getting all these other, like just really interesting opportunities. So it felt like as a whole, the dark cloud definitely kind of rained on some of the things that I could have accomplished, so. Hmm. And I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about like mental health stuff because you've been very vocal and, and outspoken about you know your own um I don't want to say struggles because that like puts it in, in, in the wrong light but like you know you're like working through these things and I go back to your episode of the life of where you were very very candid about about a lot of that stuff and how it affects you um what if 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 honestly, if you, if there even is an answer, but like, what has kind of helped you to be able to feel more, um, more like right, I guess, for lack of a better word, like over the past few years or compared to like your time in Florida there that, that has helped you to be able to see these moments, like, like standing across the ring from school again, or being in the ring with jazz, like at black girl magic and, and to be able to, to, kind of be in the moment more so and, and to and to under and to really let that land with you yeah um I had to I had to change my environment and I really had to change um the way that I felt uh, it was a mindset shift because um moving wouldn't have helped I'd have brought the same mind back home you know and so um I really just had to change everything that I thought about wrestling, so to speak, how I felt about myself. It was a very big, um, it was a self-esteem shift. Uh, it was a change in my body. It was a change in my relationship with others, you know, um, a, a change in my relationship with family. Uh, just, I had to kind of undo a lot of, just like a lot of trauma, you know? It was, it was very difficult to do. Um, I, I, 
I tried to make I try to make things as simple as possible. I think things can be pretty, pretty simple. And I just wanted to make sure that every day I woke up and I tried as hard as I could. You know? Yeah. You know, you don't always I found that I didn't always nail it every single day, that I didn't always wake up and just be super productive and solve every problem that I've ever had and just and also be a social butterfly and also be absolutely beautiful while doing it and also be so incredibly graceful. It doesn't, you know, it just doesn't happen like that Yeah. <laughs> um, all the time. And I was learning how to forgive myself and give myself some grace and give myself freedom to mess up a couple of times. I'd be so hard on myself after matches if I felt like, you know, I, if I just felt that I, I just could have, come alive a bit more. I felt like I could have come out of my shell more. I find myself pretty introverted. So if ever I feel like I didn't come out of my shell enough or if I just get so down on myself and I, I just, I had to change my mind. It was very hard, but I changed my mind and I decided that I'm a, I'm a good wrestler. You know? I mean, I, I can definitely second that. You, you are a good wrestler. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> I, 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 I can I definitely understand where that comes from because I think you know a lot of people that are in sort of like forward facing like positions like you know like a, being a pro wrestler there can be a lot of like expectations that you put on yourself that aren't necessarily like feasible and I I say I also say this from my own experience because like and that and like if you don't meet those like goals that are maybe like set a little too high or like this like idea of perfection <laughs> that you have for yourself like it can just send you into a, a place that you it's hard to climb out of so i like that sounds like a very very healthy process that that you went through to kind of like better kind of center yourself in that way yeah i found i found that was being a little unfair and even still to this day, I can be very unfair with some of the expectations. Um, I know I can be doing a lot better with a lot of things, but you know, nowadays I'm just trying to get into a routine, um, get everything kind of situated. I know y'all y'all won't be able to see this, but I'm actually in the process of cleaning my room. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> that's extremely important to me to make sure that my environment isn't as cluttered as my brain can be sometimes. I'm trying to make sure that they mirror each other in a positive way. So, yeah. That's um, oh, a good practice. Yeah. Oh, well, I know one thing's for sure. The expectations that, that you put on yourself are definitely going to be there um, for not necessarily expectations that you put on yourself, but I think they're going to be met by the, the crowd that's going to be there on, on Sunday. February 20th at DC Brow for the show because I know this is a little bit of a hard pivot but like this is your this is Fight Club's show first show back in front of um in front of a crowd since the pandemic started if I'm not mistaken this is the first time that they've had a show in front of a crowd since that the uh, mm -hmm. show where you won the title so yeah. it's been a while but you know I'm it's exciting to see them like go to DC Brow, which obviously has a lot of 
um, significance for for the LGBTQ community <laughs> in yes. the pro wrestling world. Um, but to see them go into that building with a crowd again, and and to have you and Swole on top alongside Billy Dixon and O'Shea Edwards, like it's an amazing like you know one two punch there at the top of the card. Um, what is it like for you to to or how are you feeling like seeing um, Fight Club like go into that building specifically where where you had an absolute uh, outstanding match with Ashton Star at the first Butch versus Score show um, back in March of 2020, but also to see Fight Club kind of ascend to this place of um, kind of the the top of the DC uh, independent wrestling community now yeah that's you know dc could use a scene like that you know i um recently over the course of the years i've been uh working at uh the coop in dc um it's kind of like my stopping place where i can stop and reset and so i'm starting back up there and i'm linking up again with like more artists and more people that you know do the kind of creative work just like pro wrestling and they're also saying like DC needs a scene for things like that. Like there's definitely people there that are interested and I'm so excited. And so I'm excited to be able to pack up DC Brow. You know, I want DC Brow to believe in us and have faith in us as a company. You know, um, I want the DC commission who is about as hard nosed as ever. I'm going to send this clip to them, actually. They're about as hard nosed as ever, okay? And we don't have AEW's budget. We don't have WWE's budget. So whenever they come to town, it can be as sweet of a deal for sure. We don't have that. And we need them to have faith in us that we are worth, you know, we're kind of like worth that. I want DC Brow to know that we're worth that you know, and to hopefully we can use them as a venue in the future, you know, to see them share some things on their social media, to see the Washington Post sharing things, to to have articles and things like that. That's dope. That's so, so, so dope. And I'm so happy that we're going to bring this all to DC Brow. And it's just going to be a really fun event. A lot of people that I care about are going to be in the ring and the audience is going to be a really good time. I'm very, very excited. <laughs> All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm 
And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. How excited are you to finally have a crowd back? Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. That's that's the thing, too, because, like, I really just kind of, I rely on the crowd heavily, you know? I kind of just need them involved. I need them to vibe with me. I need them to understand that we're having a good time tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm happy to be able to do that in my in my hometown. That's the best part. Yes. That's, that's the best part. How important is it to, for you to see the the DC independent scene continue to grow in this way? Because obviously there's been a lot of like stop and start with, with DC as an independent yeah. scene. You know, obviously all the stuff with primetime that happened, you know, the Nova Pro, all that, all the, it just seems like anytime something gets started, like something just comes in to like just pull, yank the emergency brake on it and and completely reset things. But it feels like Fight Club Obviously, they have staying power. They've been around for for a couple of years now, and and they really are in in a position to buck that trend in a way. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to, and I think to buck that trend, um, we're having having. I think having the Pan Af title recognize the world title has definitely helped legitimize things that we're doing. It's helped put us on a global scale. Like, I mean what I say when I'm planning to leave the US and wrestle elsewhere to defend this title all over the world. I mean that. And now I think everybody else gets that I mean that too. So I'm feeling like that legitimizes our our grassroots, you know, that, that sweet grassroots mom and pop organization. And that's so important. It, it helps with staying power. You know, I did not realize until, you know, I'm leaning in a little bit as far as like the production of Fight Club and everything like that. And I did not realize all the craziness that like goes on and there's so much to consider. So once you are legitimized in that way, magically, it's like magic. All those things become so much easier. So, (laughs) um, you know, there's some heavy lifting, you know, for me and Billy to do as far as our titles go to just make sure we're always keeping that reputation up. So it's just very important that we stay like legitimized and that, you know, we just keep things pretty grassroots as well. So I think I think y'all have both you and Billy have, have struck a really good balance with that as well because like it, it there's a lot of prestiges that are that are on the titles that are associated with Fight Club but at the same time they do still feel like this not necessarily I guess for lack of a better term this like underground spirit yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like it's very much like the fact that you see like Billy's most prominent like Chocolate City Championship defenses coming at like MV Young's Polyam cult shows and Yes. You know, tapping out Eel O'Neill on the streets of Brooklyn, like that sort of—you don't get that kind of feeling 
from <laughs> from like other championships really. And then at the same time, like you like taking that belt to, to multiple places, defending it against people like Jordan Blade and beyond, um, taking it to um, taking it to OWA against people like Don't Die Miles, and then also we have to talk about the Iron Match because that that was also just a I felt like that more so than um, some other matches really felt like a, a coming out party in a way for you to a lot of people because I obviously like there are a number of people who are already familiar with you ahead of that match but mm-hmm. that stage going 60 minutes with Tony Deppin just I don't know it, it felt like a completely different level yeah that was that was one of those times where I was handed a very big task and I had to make sure that I was firing on all cylinders to make sure that, you know, I just made good on my promise that I was a good wrestler. (laughs) And it was interesting because it was a debut for Beyond. This all got started on social media. (laughs) It was for, it's for charity. I wrestled for uh, the Harriet Tubman Women's Shelter in DC. Um, And it was against Tony Deppin, who is a, a huge deal in the Indies, you know what I mean? Very, very prominently featured. So there was a lot riding on whether or not I was going to bring it. There was nobody there either. No crowd to feed off of. It was cold as hell. (laughs) And I was sitting, I was like trying to like warm myself up and it was dead quiet. I heard, it was just myself kind of hyping myself up. I looked over and Tony's like pacing over there in the corner and I'm just looking like, uh. <laughs> I'm just like, just bouncing on one leg, trying to hype myself up and it's just dead quiet. And I'm, I couldn't, it, it was deafening. I was like, oh my gosh, I was freaking out. Um, and then Drew was on commentary, which made it even, so I'm like, he's very much watching this. He's yeah. very much like, so there, there was a lot. There was a lot riding on whether or not things went off pretty well. And so I'm happy that things went off pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I, Man, would say I was so. stressed. No, I mean, it definitely, yeah, I can definitely understand that environment being, being a stressful one, especially for what you're trying to do there, like going, yeah. going 60 minutes and, and continuing to like have that without that, that feedback and without like really a, an environment that you can feed off of there. So, but no, like that match, I think st- stands out to, to so many people. And like you said, like that was your, that was your first match with beyond. And clearly, clearly <laughs> uh, Drew saw something there because you've been on yeah. uncharted territory since then, you've been on multiple shows yeah. since then. Um, yeah. It's been amazing to, to see the continued growth there all the way up until um your your time with ring of honor last year what was i know um you you spoke about being uh you know part of the ring of honor dojo on um on uh your the life of uh episode what was it like for you whenever you finally were like offered that deal and and you knew you were going to be coming in for their their revamp of the women's division there yeah i thought that was really really cool I, you know, every once in a while, I'll kind of get down on myself and I'll be like, shoot, uh, maybe I haven't done this to the best of my ability. Maybe I should try more to be more, um, you know, extroverted. Maybe I should try to da 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 da. But then I see things happen for me 
in spite of almost, or, you know, even still, and I just know that I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right things, you know, and then I'm putting the right energy out there and receiving the right energy. So that was just an energy transfer. I knew it. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> that was that was the good energy I put out and they ran it right back. And I appreciate that. Um, I really enjoyed working for Ring of Honor. When I was trying to think of what being a good wrestler meant, um, I, I would watch Ring of Honor. You know, <laughs> that's that's what I would watch. You know, it's it's good to to study that that technical style that uh with the american influence and mm-hmm. to and to be a part of that to be a part of their their history in a way where they're like hey we heard that and we like you come on in it's just like oh okay i i felt like i was just bought in with open arms and honestly it was it's it's one of the the safest, most and inclusive locker rooms that I've that I've really been in, just mm. where I feel nice and like around good people that I that I care about, you know, that people that are doing great things, that are doing good work, that care about their craft, you know. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be to to have those people, you know, in the locker room. It was very, very nice working with Ring of Honor, you know. Yeah. If you could like take one thing away from your time with Ring of Honor that as that you kind of brought back to to the independence with you like what do you think is like the most important thing that you learned from your your time with ROH that I I really learned that I could decide what as independent wrestlers we all can decide what's important to us and once you decide what's important to you you hang on to that you hang on to your whys you hang on to what's important to you. And the same, and in the same sentence, you hand it something, in the same sentence, you gotta hand it back. That's okay because what's in front of you is still why you're doing this. You know, and I'm not wrestling for a contract. That is not why for me. I want to wrestle to show everyone that they can choose. Every independent wrestler has the power to choose. And it's the right answer, no matter what you say, (laughs) no matter what you've chosen, it's the right answer, you know? And if someone hands you something and in that same sentence, you hand it back, but you still keep your why, you still get to keep what's important to you, then you've won every single time and you exit with honor and you can walk right into something just as cool, you know? (laughs) So um, that's why I'm wrestling. I'm, I, I've I've had the mindset to chase a contract for a little bit. And when it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out, I went through such a terrible little depression. It was just such a, a bad vibe for those couple of months. And it took me a while to kind of reshape why I was doing this. Cause I'm like, am I really doing this for a contract or am I doing this? Because, you know, I can choose completely. That's yeah. what I'm doing. Mm. So. You feel like, like that is obviously there different people have different motivations for, for doing the things that they do, but do you feel like that's something that as we've seen like this shift in the independent scene and the pro wrestling scene, 
that that's something that more people are kind of recognizing for themselves, that it's not necessarily about, or it doesn't necessarily have to be about chasing a contract, but more so like what you personally want to accomplish in, in this field and, and the, what you want to affect in it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of wrestlers that understand that and they're, they're moving smart. They're making smart decisions for themselves and their brand. You know, Effie's such a genius. Dan oh, Housen, a yeah. genius. They got to write books. Suge. Suge <laughs> is a genius. And I get to talk to him often. And I'm like, how are you everywhere? <laughs> I was just like, hey, uh, I'm going to be at that. I was like, okay, bet I'll see you there. I'm like, you are everywhere, man. He just, he's just, he'll never be without. And that's because he's planted his seeds very smartly. And now all the, he's just surrounded by fruit at this point. You know what I mean? You know, so he's just doing so well for himself. So it, it inspires me, you know, I see people that are just, they're, they're moving smart and I want to move smart too. And I think independent wrestling as a whole, get it. Whole companies are getting it now, you know, so that's cool. Yeah, no, I, I greatly enjoy seeing more people understand that and understand that, you know, pro wrestling and media really as a whole isn't, doesn't have to be just about one thing. Like it can, it doesn't. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's the broadening of the scope that, that we've needed for, for such a long time. Um, and speaking of a very, very broad scope, I, I have to talk to you about Hood Slam um, because Hood Slam being on the West Coast, like Hood Slam is, is like the spot. <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> and i was very excited to see the news that you are coming back to east oakland uh yes. for uh for hood slams uh, event on march 4th um defending that title of yours against one hip-hop harry uh which yes. is i i i love i love the match i love it so much um and and obviously you did too from your reaction <laughs> i'm <laughs> like, smiling really hard <laughs> my face hurts a little bit from smiling so hard but go ahead <laughs> no you're good so obviously this is your first time back to hood slam uh in in a while because they have they weren't running shows for a long time and, and all this and all this other stuff but you've been out here before obviously it was a good experience um you've worked dark chic multiple times um, which obviously speaks to a, to a relationship and a bond there as well. What is, talk to me about like the significance of Hood Slam for you personally. Like, what does it mean to you to kind of be coming back out here for a company that is just completely off the wall in the way that Hood Slam? <laughs> yes, oh, I love Hood Slam. I could just I could write a love letter to Hood Slam all day. You know. Um, I happened upon Hood Slam at a time where like, I just didn't feel like a big deal to myself. I didn't feel special. I felt, I don't know, I just wasn't really feeling that good. You know, I reached out, I was like, hey, I'm in Florida, but I'll for sure come over there. And she's like, what? <laughs> and I just kept bugging them like months and months and months. I'm like, hey, I see y'all have a show. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, and then like by like six months of doing that, they finally um were like, hey, you know, we're having us um glam, you know, we're featuring like we're gonna be having shows every Friday. So if you wanna like come through, maybe you can stay for like 
a week or so or two weeks. So that way you can have like one or two shows if you want to kind of stick around and see how we vibe around. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> Say less. So no, um, I got there. Uh, and you know what? Sheik was just so sweet. I had never, I, I had never felt that before. Like Sheik was like, okay, you can stay with me. You know, uh, she cooked for me. You know, she smoked me out. You know, we took walks. We like hung out, talked about the city, watched movies, video games, just made sure that, you know, I just kind of had had a friend, you know, while I was around. And, and I tell her all the time that that did so much for my perception of who I was as a wrestler, you know, to go there and, you know, be treated like a big deal, so to speak, you know, to be received well and to have people, you know, want to work with me. I worked with Heather Monroe for the first time over there. You know, I got to work with Sheik. Everybody over there is like so sweet and, and so kind and just ready to be like, oh, hey girl, you know, it, it just felt like I didn't feel like too much of a stranger standing off to the side, you know? I felt very much welcome there and a part of the flow. The fans took to me. I got to, I had never, I had never done anything for comedic effect ever, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I've never, ever done anything for, oh my gosh, the thought of doing something for comedic effect makes my throat close up, okay? Mm. And I went there and I felt like a totally different person. I felt like I could just, it was just craziness that was going on in the first place, you know, <laughs> and just to kind of be a part of that and just, it was such a, it was like full immersion. You just kind of like jump into the deep end and just get swallowed up in this cool ass show, you know, and yeah. I just, it did wonders for my confidence. I'll tell you that wonders for my confidence. I felt like a complete, I, I was, you know, back home, I was the girl that, was was at Hoodslam, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> so that was pretty cool, you know, to be featured on posters was like really dope. And they they have such cool designs and such a dope aesthetic and just their their whole thing as a whole is just <sighs> chef's kiss. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. I love that Hoodslam just has this ability, like you said, like you you had never done anything for comedic effect. You'd like you've got to explore all these different sides of of who you are as a performer there and that really speaks to hood slam's entire mo like like it, it that's basically what it is it's a playground for people to come in and really do something completely different from what they do anywhere else in, in a way at the same time put on like really fun entertaining matches really athletic matches as well um and for as I love the Hoodslam crowd because for as abrasive as they seem that they would be considering the environment that's there and yeah. just like, <laughs> and just how ruckus and, and just like the metal music just bouncing off of the walls in that building. Yeah. It is such, and I can't speak to this from a personal experience. I still have yet to get to a Hoodslam show myself, but from what I see and what, and, and anecdotes, it just, it feels like, like just the most welcoming environment that you could that that you can be in in a lot of in pro wrestling, or at least one of the. That's true. I was extremely intimidated. That was my first time working at like shows where they're like up against the ring like that and like standing, and I was just 
you know, and they're like, everybody's like smoking pot and you see like smoke clouds <laughs> and you just hear like drinking. Maybe you see people like making out randomly, but everybody's like totally dialed in and they're just, they're about having a good time. And to, to work for those kinds of people, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. So I have to ask, considering like, you know, the experience you had in, in the Bay there, what was it like for you for, to have a sheet come out to Florida? and face you at Fear the Gay Agenda in a no ring death match. <laughs> yes, death light, you know what I mean? I was like, look, <laughs> this yeah. is craziness, everybody. Um, I can't touch the glass, but other than that, we're all game, no. <laughs> no, I'm way too scary for traditional death matches, I think. Um, at this point, we'll see. I think I'll, I might lean into my inner darkest desires one of these days but I was very happy to to have Sheik across from me in that moment I felt I felt safer <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like when there's somebody that you trust in that environment it's like you feel safer and you feel like you know you can kind of go all out a little bit you know I'd be I'd be very happy to do that again mm -hmm. very happy to do that again no, I really liked that match on because it was completely different from anything on that show which was just Jesus, that sh that entire show was just so like, oh my god, balls to the wall. <laughs> Paro and Effie, I was like, fuck, y'all are bugging right now. I was like, y'all, I cannot be. <laughs> I was like, I need to leave, y'all. This is crazy. <laughs> if if you have not seen that, if you if you listen right now, you have not seen that please go watch Effie's uh, Fear the Gate Agenda. That main event between Effie and Pero. oh my God. Oh yeah, yes. no, like Crazy. that That match won our, uh, our uh, QWY like fan voted awards like match of the year for a reason. Like it is just ridiculous and violent and I don't know there were that whole night just felt like it had that Ooh. spirit too. Like from like Billy and Ashton and then mm -hmm. like Envy and and all of the just wildness there. Like I can't, I don't think I've seen that much glass at, at that at Soundbar uh, in a long time. MSP yeah. and Culture Inc. Like every what was it? What was it like for you to kind of be in that environment? Because before that, I and this is my own memory kind of failing me. Had you really been around that no ring deathmatch environment before? No, not before. <laughs> not, not before. <laughs> what was it like for you kind of just being around that? It was very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was very interesting. Um, I, yeah, saw a lot of things and I was like, man, this is, this is cool. <laughs> this is very Deathmatch-esque. We are right directly on brand. This is great. <laughs> I had a good time though, and everybody was nice and in their wheelhouse and comfortable. So it, I, it was like seeing somebody in their natural habitat, if it's different from what you would naturally be doing, you know? It was just very interesting just seeing everybody move. And I've seen Billy in like, you know, other locker rooms too. So just seeing him in this one, I was just like, oh my God, Billy, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool though, it's cool. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and just to kind of close the loop on Hood Slam, I did want to ask you about, you know, this match with Hip Hop Harry, because like you, <laughs> like yes. I said, you were very, very excited about, about being able to kind of step into the ring with him. 
what what about uh what about hip hop harry makes you like so excited to 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 be in the ring with him yeah when i first would come over to hood slam harry was one of the first people that was like super like nice that was like hey you know I, I didn't need anybody to vouch for me. He passed to me immediately, you know, <laughs> you know, he's just very like inclusive. He would like chat with me and, and everybody too, for sure. He was just particularly kind, you know, and to, you know, it's going to be interesting because I had not wrestled a wrestler with one leg before. Um, so this one's going to be very, very interesting, but I respect Hip Hop Harry completely. I think he does very, very good work. And I'm, I'm just happy that this can happen. You know, I'm just like, yeah, hell yeah, Harry, let's go. <laughs> let's get it. Um, I, I love Harry. He's dope. Yeah, I think Harry is definitely one of those people that despite all of the, the heelish tendencies in the presentation there yeah. with, 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 this, with, <laughs> with the squad, um, mm -hmm. He ain't fooling me, Harry. <laughs> Dang, I'm gonna give him a hug. <laughs> exactly. He's so endearing to, to the entire Hood Slam community, both yeah. like behind the curtain and, and around the ring. So like I'm I'm excited to see him get this opportunity against you as well. Mm -hmm. So like I don't know. It's just it just it's all shaping up to be really great. You just have a, a really good like spat of, of matches here heading in because you're also been announced for pride and vibe weekend in june so like it's mm, yeah it, there's just a lot of good fun stuff coming up for trisha dora <laughs> yeah i'm very very excited you know um march is gonna be cool march is uh you know my birth month so ah. only only i've only taken bookings that from places that i just absolutely love it's kind of like you know my love letter month so definitely cool stuff happening in march and i can't wait for june mm -hmm. that's gonna be a good time oh yeah Probably that's gonna be lit it oh hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a good time just saying <laughs> well as we kind of wind down here um i did want to ask you one more question and I, I like to end on on a fun note here and there mm -hmm. um talk to me about I want to go back to no, to, to no Peace real quick, because one thing that I really liked um, from your match with Sheik was that, one, obviously you incorporated the smoke smoking into it, which was just a lot of fun to see. That's always fun to see. It's a yeah. slam staple. It should be a staple yeah. in more places, like fight and pass, and pass between one another. Just keep it going. But yeah. Other than that, like I really like the fact that you like came out and, and cleansed the space ahead of it because like I don't know it was such like it was just such an interesting touch to me personally <laughs> like because like you don't necessarily think about like a no p like not a, a, a no ring sort of environment needing that sort of like cleansing in a way but dear God does it. Um, I don't know, like what, what, like I'm just curious about, like what, what was that for you? Was that like, was that something that? Well, just to, I guess just talk. I don't know the right way to frame the question. Just, just what was yeah. that for you? <laughs> yeah. So like I was sitting there like, oh shoot, I got a um a death match coming up, and uh, I don't have any death match weapons. 
And I was like, shoot. Uh, I'm looking around my house. I'm like, what do I got? What do I got? What can hurt people? No, but um, <laughs> I was like, look, I will bring my sage because I'm going to light me some sage beforehand. And what else? I was like, all right, I'm definitely bringing some weed. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure they'll have a, a kendo stick. I can just, I can just hit sheep with that a couple of times for sure, for sure. <laughs> and so I was literally sitting there. I was like, all right, how am I gonna fix this space? Especially going on um, uh, before us too. Earlier on the uh, Billy and Ashton went, and they went crazy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we're really gonna have to clean up. I know they swept, I know they do their due diligence, but we're gonna have to clean up for real because I don't know what, Billy was bleeding in the back, okay? I, I couldn't, I never seen that before. I never seen that before. In person, right in front of me, I was like, oh my God, Billy, oh my God. It freaked me out, I was scared. I was like, is it okay if I light my sage out there? And they were just like, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, oh, like, oh like, yeah, whatever, shut up, go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> they were like get out of here and I was like okay <laughs> so I come out and I'm like a light and sage y'all not gonna get me caught up in here with these spirits I don't know what's causing y'all to do this crazy stuff to people that's crazy Billy's a normal person I don't know what he was doing Bill oh I mean God. sometimes Billy gets in the gets in a place yeah <laughs> man that was that was a whole place for sure i've mm-hmm. never seen anything like that yeah Oof. i don't know i just really like that because like it it made that match feel like it had like this like spirituality to it because you also were you're facing cheek and of course Sheik is the high priestess of the church of wrestling yes. so it just yeah. it just it just kind of gave this whole mis- like not this this a different feeling to it and oh, and yes. really just kind of added to the atmosphere there and it just it always it's it sticks in in my brain so I, oh yeah yeah it's just really cool really cool really fun well yeah, trish two for my next death match there you go <laughs> there you go lord knows what's going to go ahead of you to, to require two but <laughs> uh, well trish this has been awesome so much fun i cannot wait um to see uh, in Grapital, we trust and, and see that match with Swole um, whenever it goes up on IWTV. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, if you're in the DC area, if you're in the DMV, like get out the DC Brow on February 20th and check out that show. Um, but for now, Trish, thank you so much for taking the time today to chat. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you online. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. I'm very, very excited about the DC Brow Show coming up this Sunday. Very, very excited about that. Please look out for me at TrishAdora202. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. That's everywhere. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Trish. Yes. Thank you. Very, very appreciative. Very excited for this Sunday. Very, very, very excited for this Sunday. Y'all are going to see, y'all are going to see something y'all have like never seen before. It's, it's going to be pretty crazy. So I suggest you come through if you're in the area and we will catch you on the replay. If not. Yes, for sure. My thanks once again to Trish for for taking the time to chat ahead of Fight Clubs in Grapple We Trust show on Sunday ahead of Hood Slams 
next show on March the 4th. Um, it's just so exciting to see, you know, her title reign and, and to see her continued growth through, um, through her craft. And it's just, I don't know. It's an inspirational story. Um, and she is an inspirational person. And I'm just glad that we had the chance to, to chat with her and have her on the show. I'm sure it won't be the last time either. Um, definitely, if you're in the D.C. area, if you're in the DMV, um, go check out that show at D.C. Brow, Fight Club Pro Wrestling and Grapple We Trust, February 20th. Um, outstanding stuff there. Hood Slam tickets are, I believe tickets are already on sale for that show, although that might be a hot ticket to find. They <laughs> Last time Hood Slam ran, they pulled 2,000 people. I don't know. I don't. That's oof, that's a number. That's a fucking number. Anyway, um, it's just wild. I love. I love. I love this. I love pro wrestling. I love it so much. Anyway, um, definitely check out those shows if you're in the area for those. Um, there, I know the Fight Club show will go up on IWTV at some point. I'll be very excited to see that uh, for myself. Um, but yeah, get ready for. One hell of a weekend of pro wrestling, honestly. There's a whole lot. And it really feels like more weekends are feeling that way as well. It's really cool to see. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us here this week on the show. Um, we'll be back next week, of course, as always. Uh, and I can say for sure that our guest next week is someone who is putting another region on, on the map, I feel like, or one of the people that's doing that in, in a big way. And uh, we'll get to hear from him next week as well. Holding it close to the vest. Always do. Always fun. Um, that being said, though, we will see you next week. And until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. And... Congratulations to Timothy LaDuke. Everybody's ready to die. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. You made a deal with